Welcome to the Leadership on Demand podcast presented by the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina located in historic downtown Charleston. I'm Colonel Tom Clark, Executive Director of the Krauss Center, and we are proud to share an inside look at the training, thinking, and experiences of principal leaders. Since 1842, the Citadel has produced principal leaders in all walks of life, and we look forward to sharing some of what makes the Citadel a strong and unique institution with you today. On this week's episode of Leadership on Demand, we will take a behind-the-scenes look at principal leadership training with 2nd Battalion Commander Cadet Lieutenant Colonel John McNay. Cadet McNay will cover the challenges of rank boards in selecting cadet leadership, as well as give an insider look at some of the Citadel's most storied traditions, including Junior Sword Arch and the Summerall Guard. I'm today's host, Lieutenant Colonel Ted Feening from the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel. Thank you for joining us today for Leadership on Demand. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leadership on Demand podcast. I am sitting here with uh, Cadet John Mickney. John, I see you're wearing two diamonds on your chest. Why don't you tell folks who don't know what that rank is, what your cadet rank is? I am uh, Cadet Lieutenant Colonel and I am the second time commander this year. Okay, and for those who are not familiar with the Citadel, we have five battalions here, so you're one of the five battalion commanders, right? Yes, sir. Well, let's just jump right into it. What do you think the greatest challenge is that the Citadel faces today? I would say it's getting more leaders that are level-headed and humble, that care the most about developing those below them, and as well as their peers and even their superiors above them. Uh, as opposed to just enforcing the rules. And I feel like some people get that in their head that because they're in a certain position or a leadership role, their sole job is to just enforce the standard and to kind of be hard on people in that way. And then people have to become more level-headed and humble and understand that their job is more about caring about those below them and putting themselves in the shoes of others instead of feeling like they're above everybody else because of their rank and they have this power because... Um, they're company commander, and they, they control the company. And, you know, they're more of like a more of a mentor. They're you know, the fair one of the company, and they're they're firm when they have to be, but they're also uh, a mentor of everybody, their peers and subordinates and superiors. Right. So that is something that you can demonstrate yourself. How do you how do you train that? How do you train a company commander uh, under your leadership or even you know all the way down to the to the senior private? How do you get them to think like that? Uh well, I like to say that I want to think like the bottom 80% or 90% of the core cuz yeah, I'm a battalion commander. I'm in the top 11. And that's 11 cadets out of 2500 plus cadets and uh, the reality is most of the cadets here don't even hold rank and they're, they're privates. And do they really care about the whole military thing? Not really, because only about 35, 40% of the cadets here will commission. So you got to kind of put yourself in the shoes of those uh, who aren't too motivated. And you got to reason with them and, uh, and work on them and tell them why, you know, the purpose behind everything, the why behind formation, behind looking clean cut, shaven, uh, you know, having a good personal appearance, having a, wearing a nice uniform, and all the uh, early mornings and PT and all that, if you explain to them the why and the purpose behind everything, that will get them more motivated. To what, what, is the, what is the why, in your opinion? What, why do we do this? If you're not going to commission and you are not going into the service and you uh, are not holding rank, why is it important to you as that, uh, as that junior senior private? Uh, I, think it, I think it breeds professionalism and discipline. 
and just overall, like like time management, I guess is the, is the most valuable thing that you learn here for that anybody can take to any career path. Uh, we wake up early. We're we work out, and why we work out? Because we want to have a good physical appearance, not just you know we're not just trying to burn calories and waste time and beat on the parade deck. We're trying to we're trying to keep ourselves not only mentally fit but physically fit. And I feel like as a good leader needs to be physically fit and look the part, uh, whether they're male or female. And uh, as somebody, if, if you're if you're like that in the business world, uh, you're gonna have it's gonna, it's gonna look much better than somebody who's you know not so physically fit. And you know you want to have a nice clean iron tucked in dress shirt if you're in the business world or uh, not the military. It applies to everything. You know if you. Uh, if you have a raggedy shave and raggedy beard, it doesn't look as good as a nice clean shave or a nice well-kept beard. So I guess just little things like that can translate to any any walk of life, not just the military. Outside of the physical things, you know, physical fitness and physical appearance, what, what are some longer-term adjustments you would like to see in the leadership development program in the Corps of Cadets? I would say more, more time. Well, actually, I brought this idea up to the Commandant recently. Sure. And it's getting more cadets involved in choosing the commanders of, of the Corps cadets. And I feel like it's it's too much of a, a system where the cadets go through a rank board or two, and then the company tag officers, the time tag officers, and the commandant select who they want as those positions based off of a rank board. When I feel like that the Corps cadets should have much more of a say in who receives commander. And... Uh, because they're the, the commanders are going to be the ones that are leading the Corps of Cadets, and if the, if the Corps doesn't have a say in who they are, then I feel like that's that's kind of wrong. You lose their buy-in. Mm-hmm. Sure, that makes sense. Um, does anything, in your opinion, prevent the Citadel from reaching its its full potential? I would probably say, uh, and it's been it's been emphasized a lot more this year. Is that that's the Corps running the Corps more often, and you know, a big debate, and every every cadet will talk about. Know, the, the tag officer being too involved and that's gotten a lot better I feel like especially this year um, Colonel Gordon's really pushed that you know having let, letting the cadets make decisions and letting the core on the core and policing each other however there's still some things that the cadets and the leadership should have a lot more say in that the core does as opposed to the the tax and I feel like the the rank rank is a big thing and I get that you can't I get that politics come into play if you if you let the cadets you know choose their choose their buddies to be you know the in company ranks and cadre platoon sergeant squad sergeant all this but when going for a commander and those types of leadership positions positions the cadets should have much more of a say in who gets those positions and who leads them. Now are you, are you yeah. suggesting that they get a, just a, a, a sort of democratic like they vote and say hey Mickney's my battalion commander? Well, I think that. Now, not necessarily vote, and that's that's the end all be all. I feel like the, the rank board system is, is great, but I think that the sophomores should, you know, they're. I, my idea was that each company elects the most respected sophomore, most respected junior, and then the company commander of the company to make their recommendations. And I, I use the key word is most respected as opposed to highest rank, because not not all the time is the highest rank uh, junior in the company the first are not not always is that person the most respected in the company and I feel like we need the, the opinions of those who are respected by their peers and they they come forth to make a recommendation to 
the commandant or the tax on who. So as part of the rank board, there's a recommendation from the inside the corps, which yes. doesn't exist today. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Um, let's talk about some traditions here at the Citadel. I understand you're part of some of the some of the more uh, well-known traditions here at the Citadel. Yes, sir. Um, what, what would you say are some of the most important traditions to you uh, outside of your sort of regular military and academic duties? Um, well, I see what you're talking about, the, like the Junior Sword Arch and the Summer Long Guards. What's sorts. that? Well, uh, the Junior Sword Arch is uh, comprised of the you know, so-called top 17 juniors of the, of the junior class, and physically, mentally... Uh, personal appearance and drill, and they go through 14 nights of training in McAllister Fieldhouse to become a member of the Junior Sword Arch. And they then, after making it practice, you know, every morning, every night, doing double sessions up until Parents Weekend when they perform the 14-minute uh, drill performance in honor of the senior class when they receive their rings. And then they hold the arch up for you know between three or four hours while the seniors receive their rings and walk through. The arch, and it's a it's a great honor to be a part of that organization. And the main purpose behind all that is to honor the senior class and to give them a nice sword arch on on the day they receive their rings. And you know sometimes there's a perception behind uh, behind junior sword arch as you know it's you know some may say there's there's hazing that goes on, it's unprofessional, all this. But I mean I can speak firsthand. You know it's not it's not easy. It's tough. It's physical. It's a grind. It takes a lot of time, and sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're going through it, you prioritize that sometimes more than academics or military and whatnot. You, you focus all your energy on that. That's because, not because someone wants to be a part of that just to say that they're, oh, I'm, I'm a member of the Junior Sorage, but it's because they want to honor those who came before them and raise them up into the cadet they are today. And it's a great honor to be a member of that organization. And um, I mean, that's the whole purpose behind it. So you, you, you are in the Junior Sword Arch. Now you're a senior, and you are also part of the Summerall Guards. Yes, sir. So for this, the audience of this podcast varies. I mean, it's cadets, it's alumni, but it's also folks that don't really know that much about the Citadel or are considering coming to the Citadel. How would you describe the Summerall Guards to those folks? So as opposed to the Junior Sword Arch, which is a, a silent drill performance to honor the senior class when they get their rings, and then after they do that performance, they're done. Summerall Guards is basically a drill platoon of 61 cadets uh, that perform outside of the school and on school grounds. They perform parents' weekend football games. Uh, we went, to, we just got back from Mardi Gras uh, a couple weeks ago, and we are a public representation of the Citadel as a whole. Uh, Junior Sword Arch does that one performance, like I said. The Summerall Guards perform out. We fundraise. Uh, we do community service. Uh, and what is it that you perform? When you say you perform, what are we, are we talking? I mean, I, coming from the Marine Corps, I think silent drill platoon, throwing rifles around, this sort of thing. Is that what you're doing? Uh, yes, sir. It is a drill platoon, and it's about an 11 minute, 11, 12 minute drill performance. We don't throw rifles around. We carry uh, rifles with fixed bayonets. And what kind of rifles? They are. I finally reached the bottom of your knowledge about Citadel traditions. Well, I, can, well, I mean, I don't even hold a rifle, so... I, oh, okay, I well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, in any case. So, so you, it was about an 11-minute performance, you said, and then yes, what do you all... Uh, is, is it um, performed... Did you perform it at Mardi Gras? I mean, in a parade situation? We or? marched in four parades, okay. uh, all ranging from four and a half to eight miles. Oh, my goodness. And so, how, many to- how many shows do you do during this time? Or is it kind of an ongoing, continual process? Well, the parades last... 
between three and six hours, the ones we did. Oh, my goodness. And we basically just marched in the parade, and there's stops every couple hundred meters that the parade will stop, and then we'll do a quick series. And the series is that we did at Mardi Gras. Uh, they only lasted like a couple minutes mm-hmm. as opposed to the whole 11-minute performance. Uh, that's because the parade just kept moving and moving, and we didn't have much space. You know, on, on the streets of New Orleans are pretty narrow, especially right. when they're packed with people on the on the edges. And you guys wear the uh, the tall popcorn bucket covers with the shako. Uh, yes, sir. And what do you call that feathery looking thing on top of that? A uh, plume. The plume. Okay, so that's is that what distinguishes a Summerall guard from other cadets on campus? Well, uh, every cadet has has their own. Well, officers wear the plume. And the non-officers wear, I'm, I'm not really sure what it's called, but it kind of just looks like a stick, mm-hmm. like a fuzzy stick mm-hmm. on the top of the shako. Mm-hmm. And everybody has that, and every officer in the Corps of Cadets has a plume. But, I mean, nobody wears the full-dress uniform with the shako as much as the Summer of Guards do when they perform. I see. So, so that's where you see it most often, even though it exists in the entire Corps of Cadets. You, you know, a 2nd Battalion commander, does that make you an officer in the Summer of Guard, or is that is it, is, is it a... Is it a ceremonial position within the Seminole Guard is, is different than being an officer in the Corps of Cadets. It is, yeah, it's different than being an officer in the Corps of Cadets. Okay. Uh, I'm actually the commander of the Seminole Guard, oh, too, all right. and that's, uh, you get elected, or I guess recommended by your peers mm-hmm. that you make the Seminole Guards with to go up to a rank board, and I'll do a rank board with uh, the Seminole Guard TAC and the previous Seminole Guard leadership, and that's how I was selected to be the, the be the commander, and that has nothing to do with my Corps of Cadets rank. I mean, sure. the uh, regimental deputy commander, Grayson Gaskew, is the second highest rank in the Corps, but he's just an average Joe uh, in the drill platoon on the Summerall Guards, and there's other uh, battalion commanders that are, that are part of the Summerall Guards, company commanders, and all that. Our uh, Summerall Guard first sergeant is a November company commander in the Corps of Cadets, so it, it's it's completely different and separate from the Corps of Cadets. I understand. And, you know, obviously, New Orleans, Mardi Gras, that's got to be a huge highlight of the year. Is that an every year thing? And then where else do you guys perform that are, that are big highlights? Uh, Mardi Gras is definitely the uh, the Summer Guard favorite. That's yeah, what a bet. lot of people think of. And when they join, it's what they look forward to. And that's right. kind of like the kind of like the end, kind of icing on the cake at the end of all the training and whatnot. Like, like I said, we just got back and we actually just finished final cuts for the the 2023 Summer All Guards. So Mardi Gras was a good like end, end trip. Uh, it was a great time. We, you know, all 61 of us go to New Orleans and have a blast and march on the parades. But we also do like parents weekend football games. Uh, we do basketball games. This year we, we weren't able to do a basketball game, but we performed for uh, Roper St. Francis event uh, on the basketball court at McAllister Fieldhouse. Uh, we went to the Hanahan uh, fall festival, which is a, like a Veterans Day festival that is all meant to honor the, veter- the veterans, uh, local veterans. So we went there and performed. We we were supposed to go to Clemson, but because of Mardi Gras being so expensive in the mm-hmm. trip, we didn't have the, the funds to go to Clemson to do a basketball game. But that's that's uh, just one of the performances that I would like to see the class of 23 summer artists do. And the Azalea Festival... Uh, that's that's in April. We typically do. Where is uh, that? It's in North Carolina. Okay. We didn't do it last year because that's uh that's that's like the first performance after core weekend. That's the first real performance that we would do. But since last year there was no uh, official rifle handover, and we weren't able to learn the performance last year. All, because all of the pandemic. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we we weren't able to do that stuff last year. But hopefully this year the 23 Summer Guards are 
So that's the handover. By the time you hit the Azalea Festival, the, the incoming Summerall Guards are up and ready to perform. Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. Great. And, you know, outside of traditions, um, what do you think students generally are most concerned about the Citadel right now? What's what's in the what's running through the Corps of Cadets as major points of concern? I mean, from, from my perspective, like I said, it's just it's, uh, it's the Corps leaders being elected that that not a lot of people may respect just because they get that perception that they're they're out to they're out to enforce the rules to to like and there's nothing wrong with enforcing the standard like there's a standard that everybody has to be following but it's that perception that some of these leaders are out to use that standard to screw people over is there is there a fundamental I don't know, disconnect or misincentivization is there, is there incorrect incentives on the way rank boards work in your opinion is that, is that what I'm hearing it's kind of like if if tax, if, if school leadership is in charge of choosing the incoming leaders, there's a disconnect between who they would choose because their incentive is to make sure the rules are followed and cadets don't get in trouble versus what cadets want to do, which is lead the corps and lead each other internally. Something like that. Yeah, and I, I think there's too many, too many cadet leaders that they let the rank into their head and they want to be known as, you know, I'm, I'm this rank and. I'm this rank, not, you know, I'm, I'm John Mickney, I'm in the lead like this. And they think that everybody should respect them and, and look up to them just because of the rank they hold. When, you know, I, how I like to lead is I, you know, I put the rank the back of my head. I don't even, don't even care. It's the back of my head, Lieutenant Colonel, Tag Commander, Top 11, whatever. But I'm going to, you know, be, uh, let's say firm, fair, fatherly is like how I lead. I'm, I'm firm with everybody by the expectations. Um, I'm fair to everybody, no matter their personality, background. Race, gender, uh, ethnicity, religion, all that. I, I just, I don't even look at that. I just look at the person in their character. And uh, and then I'm fatherly. Like, I, I like to be a mentor to everybody, regardless of if there's somebody that I'm, you know, going to be friends with outside of the school. You know, not necessarily, there's some, a lot of people here that, you know, I, I, I don't hang out with outside of school. You know, I hang out with my friends and all this, but no matter their personality and their background, what they like and believe in, I'm going to treat them fairly and help them out. And if they have a problem and treat them as if like they're the most important person I'm talking to that day, if I have a situation. That's great. Now, before we wrap up, I just want you to tell folks, you know, where you're from, what you're going to do when you get out of the, uh, out of the Corps of Cadets. I am from Clifton Park, New York. I went to a small military high school in Albany, New York. And, uh, ever since then, I've always wanted to serve in the army. So I got an army scholarship coming into here. And I'm going to commission as a second lieutenant in May, and I'll be uh, branching infantry. Infantry officer. All right. Good for you. And last question for you is, you've got all this great experience. You came into the Citadel with some experience. You've risen to the top here. You have found a style of leadership that uh, suits you. Um, you've experienced some of the greatest traditions here at the Citadel. What advice would you have? Now, it's sort of the culmination senior spring for those folks who are thinking about coming, or even even freshman knobs today, what would you tell them? I wish I had known this when I was in your shoes as a as a freshman or pre knob. Um, I guess something that I mean I think I learned by by doing myself is just take every opportunity that you're given at the school and you know take it you know head on and, and try to try to reach for the top and you know shoot for the shoot for the stars land on the moon is what I've been told and always. Always strive to be the best and be humble about everything, and uh, take take every opportunity that you have. And if you want to go, 
uh, military on the contract and try to definitely get a contract, go for the go for sophomore rank, you know, go for the highest junior rank, challenge yourself, uh, challenge yourself physically and mentally, emotionally, uh, try out for the junior sword arts and summer guards, you know, do take part in clubs, organizations, club sports, participate in intramurals, uh, and something that actually most of the cadets here don't do that I want to recommend to those coming up is uh, is definitely to go for ranks where you have to go switch companies because mm-hmm. I think that's uh, one of the most valuable things that, that I've done at the school is you know I was in Kilo Company and at the end of sophomore year I, I got Romeo Company first sergeant and I was iffy going into it at first I was like yeah I don't know these guys it's gonna be weird I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna like it as much and then I had a whole new company of best friends at Romeo Company and you know, I didn't want to leave Romeo Company, and then I went up for uh, commander rank uh, for this year, and then got second battalion. And I've never been to second battalion, never lived, lived in second battalion. And then I get there, and I got a, a whole new battalion of, of best friends, and I'm gonna graduate the school, you know, knowing more than half of the core of cadets. Uh, when those who you know stay in their companies and get comfortable, and uh, they they don't they don't challenge themselves and put themselves in a position to lead and you know, get around and know people, they're going to graduate with a, a much less, uh, much less strong oh, network. Sure. Yeah. Well, listen, that is great advice. It definitely is going to prepare you for leadership in the army where you're going to shuffle around quite a bit. I wish you the best of luck and thank you for being us with today. John Mickney. Thanks so much. Sure. Thanks a lot. Well, that wraps up another episode of the leadership on demand podcast presented by the Krauss center for leadership and ethics at the Citadel. You can find us online, and we welcome your feedback and suggestions on who you, our audience, would like to hear from in future episodes. Thank you for your time today. We hope you'll join us here again soon for another episode of Leadership on Demand.